Okay, we're starting a new series, Joy to the World, so you can see that on the side there, we've got our uh, very first Christmas tree up, which is exciting. This is actually, I think, is this Angie's Christmas tree? Uh, I think Joe would know that, but she's out of the room. But um, okay, so we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 1, and we're going to flick through a few different passages here this morning. And uh, in fact, we're going to start with Luke chapter 2 firstly, because I want to uh, set up this whole series, which is only a mini-series, but it's really leading into Christmas. Uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 10. Luke chapter 2, verse 10. But the angel said to them, so to the, uh, the shepherds, do not be afraid, I bring you good news. Say good news. I bring you good news that will cause great joy. Say great joy. For all the people. Say all people. Good news that will cause great joy for all the people. The Christmas story is all about good news. And it should cause great joy. In fact, I've heard uh, others say that if it doesn't cause great joy, then it's not good news. The good news should reach people in a way where they meet Jesus personally. Amen. I just really believe that uh, God is going to use you. I just want to prophetically say this over your life. And both those who are here in the room and also those who are watching online. That God is going to use you as you step into what the Holy Spirit is showing you. It's impossible not to lead the way to Jesus. The Holy Spirit always points back to Jesus. Amen. So if you just stay in step with the Holy Spirit you'll always end up pointing people back to Jesus. We're going to look at a story this morning where God used an ordinary man to point people to Jesus. Luke starts his Christmas story uh, as he unfolds this story in Luke chapter 1 with a man by the name of Zechariah. And Zechariah, he was a priest. Uh, He was married to a lady by the name of Elizabeth, great name. And uh, they had been trying to fall pregnant, but for... All those years of, uh, of the age of where you would normally fall pregnant, they could not fall pregnant. And so they were past that time of dreaming of being parents. And they had prayed and asked God for this, but it had never come about. Uh, here, Zechariah, being a priest, you might think, uh, in our terms, when we think priest, we think somebody who leads a church or something like that. But for him, it was more so, if I could just describe it this way, One commentator says that there was around about 18,000 priests that worked at the same, well, not at the same time, but in the same vicinity. And so they would work through their rostered times. Uh, Sound familiar? Work through their rostered times where they would serve. And uh, many times it was medial tasks that they would be doing. So they'd be behind the scenes serving. Uh, For Zechariah, he was part of a division within uh, all of the different priests. And this division was one of 24 divisions. So you get the picture. There's a lot of people serving. Zechariah is one of them. And his day-to-day kind of work is the kind of work that is faithful uh, but unseen in many ways. In fact, the scriptures say of Zechariah, and you need to hear this, that he was blameless and that he served the Lord in keeping all of his commands. He and Elizabeth both had their heart to serve. You need to hear this because... Oftentimes, when God doesn't answer the prayers that we most would desire him to answer, sometimes we actually hang up our coat and say, I'm not willing to serve. But Zechariah said, no, I'm willing to serve. 
I desire to keep going because I know that my God is faithful. Now, we might think on one level, uh, Zechariah being a priest, that he really doesn't resonate with us. But on another level, he resonates with us so well because here he is as one who serves behind the scenes. And somebody who sees himself as possibly being unseen is actually very much seen by God. Zechariah, as he's serving, he has a heart that is probably reflected by many of you, whether it's been service in this church or a previous church or even outside of the church where you're serving in the community, where you might even be serving your family, where nobody else sees. But you've said, God, because you are Lord, I want to serve well. I want to serve from the heart that that says, God, I recognize that when I serve, I serve you. Now, we might think that Zechariah is, on one hand, uh, not associated with us in a priestly sense. But on another sense, he actually, well, in service he is, but he actually is, in a sense, somebody who is like us in the priestly sense. I want to take you to 1 Peter uh, chapter 2, verse 9. In just a moment, I want to read this to you. And uh, before we get to here, Zechariah... On the day that he's serving, Luke begins to tell this story. And as was the custom, they would take lots. Lots would be straws where they would pick out the straw. And the one with the longest straw, or the shortest straw, depending on how they did it, would end up getting the the big task of going into the inner room and serving serving God in the inner room, the inner sanctuary where God resides. Now, on this particular day, as Zechariah was choosing his lot, the lot ended up falling on him. Now, to give you an idea, because of how special this this is, because there were so many different priests, some commentators say that it's quite likely that this was a a once-in-a-lifetime experience. And if it wasn't a a once-in-a-lifetime experience, it may have been a handful. You get the picture. It's very rare that you would actually get the straw to go into the inner room and to serve in the inner room. If you can just imagine for Zechariah for a moment, getting that, that straw, realizing, God, I'm about to serve you in the inner sanctuary where your altar is, where the Ark of the Covenant is, where your presence is. Part of his thinking also would have been, God, I know of in the past of priests who have served in the inner sanctuary where they had not uh, got their heart right with you and they had not represented you well and they did not come out alive again. He realized this is an, an awe-filled experience. This is a special experience that I'm about to go into the inner room and serve the Lord. It says uh, in Luke that he was about to go in and light all of the, keep the incense lit and going, to keep the fire going. It was no big task, but for him, Here he was serving the Lord. Imagine that. You just won the lottery. You're going into the inner room to meet with the Father God who loves you. You know, for Zechariah, we might think that's just his story. But actually, all of us are invited into this story. 1 Peter 2, verse 9. Peter says, But you are a chosen people. You just got the lot. You just won the lottery. 
a royal priesthood. Huh? A royal priesthood. Every single one of you has been invited into the same role as Zechariah. A holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Here Peter says to Jews, you are a royal priesthood. Actually, for the Jew, this was something that was incredibly out of the box for them. Because for them, there was only one tribe, the Levite tribe, one tribe who served in the temple uh, out of all the other tribes. In fact, there's only, this is the only tribe that had a book written, written for them, Leviticus. So if you want to find out how they were called to actually serve, then go and read the book, I dare you, <laughs> read the book of Levit- Leviticus, if I can say it right. Because it details all the things that they would do in the inner sanctuary. But here, Peter is saying, it's not just one tribe who gets to go in. Every single tribe gets to go in. And not just that, it's not just the Jews who get to go in. The Gentiles get to go in. You have won the lottery. In fact, when you serve... You actually serve, if you wish, out of the inner room. You are actually invited into the inner room. Let me read to you Hebrews chapter 10, which was read earlier, uh, a later part of this passage. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 19. If only I had learned where the books of the Bible were. That would be helpful. Hebrews chapter 10. Okay, and verse 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is, his body, speaking of Jesus, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, And with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. And he goes on. Since we've been given access, let us draw near. I want to encourage you. Yes, you may say, well, I served behind the scenes or I have served behind the scenes before. But I want to encourage you, when you serve, you're not just serving in a, a way that only some people see. You actually serve from a place that is exactly like Zechariah. One who has, firstly, a heart to serve. And secondly, one who knows the inner room, that you're actually serving God in the inner room. You're lighting, you're keeping the candles going. You're keeping that fire burning every time you serve. Amen? It's such a special thing to be called into service of the King of Kings. Here, Zechariah has been called into the service Not just of Lord God Almighty, but to make a way. And we find in Luke chapter 1, as he is serving, Luke chapter 1 verse 13. As he is serving, just remember, he's gone into the inner room, remembering all of the things he knows, that sometimes a priest would go in and he would uh, die at the hand of God because this man had not had his heart right with him. 
They even put bells on the bottom of their, uh, of their robes just in case if they couldn't hear the robes anymore and a rope around their, their um, ankle, they could pull him out. Do you get the picture? Here he is and all of a sudden uh, we have this uh, moment where Zechariah has a... I'm trying to think of the word... Uh, he, ha- he has this moment where there is a jump um, fright in front of him. And verse 13 says this, but the angels... Oh, sorry, when Zechariah... Oh, let me go back a little bit. I'm too early on. Verse 11, then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. Why? Because he's probably thinking, oh no, my life is up. My time is up. Then all of a sudden, verse 13, but the angel said to him, do not be afraid. Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. What prayer? That private prayer, way back there, asking God for a child. That prayer that seemed was never going to be answered. Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. You need to hear this because sometimes we're serving and we're serving and we're thinking, God, but when will you answer that prayer? It's as he was serving that God meets him. He says, Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you were to call him John. He gives him the name. He gives him the the, uh, sex. He says, this is what is about to happen. Now, for uh, Zechariah, this, of course, seemed like an impossibility. He knew Elizabeth is past the age of being able to have children. And uh, as he's thinking all this, uh, we find that the angel continues to share with him what is going to be the truth about this child. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen to this, even before his birth, even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Not only is Zechariah's prayer answered, but his prayer is answered in such a way that he is now ushered into the whole Christmas story. You have been set aside. Your prayers that are being answered are set aside in order to prepare the way for the Lord. Let me tell you, as you serve, as you serve in the spirit, in the inner room, you actually serve in a place where Holy Spirit has the opportunity to lead people, as he always does, to the King of Kings. We we celebrate Christmas once a year. But the truth is, we actually get to play out Christmas every single day as we serve the Lord because we continue to be a part of leading people to him. Now, Zechariah saw, uh, firstly, as he heard this, he's thinking this is impossible. And uh, in order for the angel to, um, to keep Zechariah from messing it up, he closes the guy's mouth. He can't speak anymore. I think sometimes, I think he did that on purpose so that 
Zechariah wouldn't ruin a miracle by speaking something different. And here's Zechariah. He goes home. Uh, his wife falls pregnant. Elizabeth, uh, all of a sudden, it just became super evident. God's hand is completely in the midst of all of this. What does this mean? What is about to happen? And all of those around, as they heard that Elizabeth, now old in age, has fallen pregnant, they're thinking, God, you have to be in the midst of this. Later on, when Elizabeth was in her third trimester, uh, Mary came to visit her. Mary, by this stage, was also pregnant in her first trimester. And the moment that they met, uh, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Her child within her leapt. And she later on says, my child leapt for joy when I met you. Isn't that amazing? That Jesus in the first trimester, little Jesus, smaller than the nativity set that you've seen, little Jesus caused John in the womb to leap. Just, and to leap for joy. Do you know, it doesn't matter who you are, whenever somebody truly meets Jesus, it causes them to leap for joy. Right? And here, there's just another sign again. God, you're in this. Everyone knew. And in fact, she began to prophesy over uh, Mary at the time. Later on, she gives birth to this baby on the eighth day, which was custom for them to both circumcise and then name the child. Uh, all the neighbors were around and they were saying, what name will you give this child? That, and oftentimes they would give a name that was associated with the family members of uh, you know, either Zechariah or his parents and so on. And she said, his name will be John. And they're like, that, that doesn't belong in your family line. Uh, why John? And then they said, let's ask Zechariah. Now, Zechariah couldn't talk, of course, so he writes on a tablet, probably an iPad or something like that, and he says, his name will be John. Instantly, the moment that he says his name will be John, he speaks and he begins to praise God. And everyone around goes, oh my goodness, God is doing something. He's in the midst of all of this. They knew that John had to be a child that was uh, only possible through God. And what would this child be? This is what they write about him in verse, chapter 1, verse, verse 65 and 66. All the neighbors were filled with awe, and throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, what then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. I love this story because it introduces us to a man who is very much like us, Zechariah. He's serving with a heart that's after the Lord. He's serving with a heart that says, I don't care if I'm seen or not, I'm serving the Lord. His prayer life was, was not, whether it was answered or not, was not the motive for him to serve the Lord. Some of us, like Zechariah, we feel like we're unseen. Some of us feel like we're past the, the stage of our dreams being met. Some of us feel like Zechariah that our prayers have gone on to uh, just hit the ceiling and not go anywhere else. But like Zechariah, I want you to know you're not unseen. Like Zechariah, I want you to know you have won the lottery and you're invited into the inner room. Like Zechariah, I want you to know that uh, in God's timing, no prayer 
goes void before him. And so I want, to, I want to ask you to stand, and just in closing, uh, just where you, you're at, and maybe at home you could stand where you're at as well. We're going to read through Romans 15, 13, just as a prayer. And a prayer over each of us. And I want to pray for you personally. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. And I just want you to make this prayer your own. That... Uh, that you'd find yourself, like Zechariah, committing yourself into, God, I, I recognize you're in the midst. I recognize that you've given me the privilege to pave the way for the King of Kings. I recognize I get a small part in playing in this, but I'm so pleased to play it. So Romans chapter 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. Just allow that to soak in. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you'd like to personalize this for yourself. May the God of hope fill, and I'm going to use my name, you can use yours, Steve, with all joy and peace as I trust in him so that I may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Father God, we just lift up every single person here. Lord, I thank you so much for those who have such a heart to serve. Their heart is to serve, not for notoriety's sake, not because they want their name flashed up in lights. Lord, their heart is to serve because they know that when they serve, they serve you. Lord God, I just pray that you would just come and minister into hearts, Lord God, where there has been times where they found themselves exhausted and serving and wondering why they've continued on in it. Refresh them, we ask in Jesus' name. Fill them with hope. Fill them with joy and peace. May they find themselves in the midst, stirred up again, knowing that their service is not in vain, but that as they serve, they serve the King of Kings. That they serve in the inner room. They've won the lottery. A, a one day or a, a once-off occurrence is being lived out and possible for every day. So Father God, may you come and minister. Refresh hearts. Those at home, Lord God, those here, we ask that you would come and minister to them and bless them. Thank you, Lord God, for every prayer, every personal prayer that has gone up before you in faith, in hope. Lord God, we just declare none of those have been left unseen before you. And Father God, in your timing, would you lead us not to give up? Would you lead us to continue on in serving you, in serving your heart? We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Wonderful.